0: Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle
1: of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Welcome to this video podcast. Whichever way you're connecting with us, we want to welcome you. We're so glad that you're here. Today, I'm with Claudia McGuire. Claudia is on our Bow Ministry team, and she and I are going to be talking about teams the title of this is growing teams into communities. And when I thought about the fact that this would be a really good topic for many of our listeners out there, because some of you lead, maybe a committee, some of you lead a ministry, some of you just lead the women's board or whatever it is, whatever that group is, many of us do that at least periodically. And it's it's a topic that can, I think, be very valuable for you if you lead a group in any way. And I thought of Claudia immediately because I know she's a great person to grow teams. I've heard her talk about how she does it. I know some of the people that she has had on her teams who just or, or everything that a community would be, I think. So she is uh, ideal for this. So Claudia, thank you for preparing this conversation and joining us today.
2: Thank you for asking me. My pleasure.
1: Well, tell, tell us a, a little bit about your experience building teams. I should have said that Claudia was on staff at Chase Oaks Church for 17 years or so. And she led all sorts of different ministries, different teams. And so just tell us a little bit about that experience, the kinds of teams that you led, and so forth.
2: I think that was probably one of my most favorite things about being on staff at the church was the whole team structure, you know, building them, inviting people in to be a part of a team and just investing in in them as people as we watch the teams grow. So I worked with teams in in women's ministry, definitely, because you need teams for all the different ministries that go under that uh, umbrella. And um, I worked with first impressions teams, which when I moved to that part of uh, leadership in the church, the first impression team was were the people that held the doors open and greeted you in the lobby and told you how to get connected. They were at the, the welcome booth and they were running the coffee bar and they were, you know, helping people find seats in the auditorium and serving communion. So it was this wide variety of responsibilities. And it took a wide variety of people too, introverts, extroverts, you know, those that just love to talk and meet new people and those that just kind of like working behind the scenes. So those are just a couple of the teams that I was part of while I was there.
1: Well, I think that gives everybody a good idea of the fact that you've had a very wide variety of experiences with teams because, you know, I have been, I have seen some of those teams, like your connections team, as you called it at Chase Oaks, that had no connection with each other whatsoever. It was just, they showed up on Sunday morning and did some, you know, did something. There was no, there was no community whatsoever. So I'm very interested to see what you have to say about that.
2: Yeah. And it was uh, one of the teams that I led when we were, we did a large construction project increasing our auditorium at the church. And so we started a little venue. It was kind of an overflow room, but it became a place where people wanted to worship on Sunday mornings. And it was called the patio. It was called the patio. And um, one of the teams that was just crucial to that working well, I had the privilege of putting together and working with And that, again, that was, I don't even know how many years ago, over 10 years ago. And when I go to church now, they are still serving. And it's just so cool to see that team that when they first started, they were like, I don't think I can do this to being very confident and capable and that they're still serving together. It just warms my heart.
1: That's wonderful. That's a wonderful story. So what would you say is essential to building a team? Do you have certain aspects of building a team that you would say are essential to building them into a community?
2: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, whether you're just starting a team or you even have teams that have been together for a while, there's four things that will really help you begin a team and grow a team. And I think that if these are, Considered throughout the life of the team that people will really be attracted to serving on those teams. And I think that your people will be more intentional about inviting other people to join the team because you always have to be growing your team, right? So, the four things um, just because I'm kind of a simple person, and when I think of the word team, I just break it down to the letters T E A M. So it's time, effort, affirmation and mentoring. And those are four things that I really lean heavily into just because that's the way I love to lead teams. But I also look at how how other people in the Bible led teams. I mean, Jesus had a team. He he had a plan. He had a purpose. And I think we can learn a lot from that model. Paul had ministry teams that he worked with. We see Nehemiah and building a wall. He had teams. There has to be structure and there has to be these, I think this presence of teams to make, whether it's your business, your place of work, your school or churches work well and thrive. So um, those are the four things, time, effort, affirmation, and mentoring. I also think that when you incorporate these things into your team, you do begin to see the team more as a community and not a committee. I read about that. I don't even know where I read it, but I was reading about that one time. And I thought, boy, that just makes a lot of sense because we're so used to or a lot of places still call teams committees. And I'm so team oriented. You know, I'm like, wait, turn your committees into communities. They're really a small group. They're really a community. And I think that these small groups, these teams really present opportunities for people to grow and learn and thrive and be able to give themselves to something bigger and better than what they could ever do right as an individual and that's one of the things we i think one of the traps we fall into is we think we can do something better or faster or more efficient by ourselves sometimes because we know what's needed and we neglect to invite people to come and serve alongside us and i think we need to just work a little better at that I also think that as you're building a team, you know you're building a reputation for yourself and you're building reputation for your entire team, which affects the agenda and the outcomes of what you really want to do. If I'm leading a team, I want my team to be known really as an effective team as a team that get things that gets things done and and that has a a team vibe or community. Uh, aspect that really cares for one another. I don't know anyone that starts a team that really wants them to fail. And we want our teams to succeed, right? And that's part of building that reputation. So we want to just make sure we're working with them to
1: accomplish those goals that we've set. Absolutely. And if, if your team feels like they're sharing in the goal, they're sharing in the purpose And, and certainly in the church, your purpose is, is bigger than any aim or goal that you can have because it is God's kingdom work that you're about. And so certainly you want it to be well done. You want that reputation to be there. You want, you want to be effective because it's such important work.
2: Yes. And that has nothing to do with pride or, but again, You don't want to be a failure as a team. There's stuff to do. There's people that's whose lives are being impacted, you know, and like you said, it's kingdom
1: work. That's a good thing. Absolutely. And doing things together, you learn from one another and you put, you're, you're able to think as a group and have more than one perspective. And that's Mm -hmm. so helpful. Right, right.
2: So if you take uh, if you start with the T in team time, just to talk about that a little bit, that's part of the problem with some people is building a team takes time, whether you're building it from the ground up or it's existing and you're growing it. You're building it in that aspect. There's there's no way around it. If you really want your people to succeed, if you really want to achieve these outcomes, then it's mainly going to be your time that's taken to get started. It, you know, you just there's just there's just no way around that. So, everything from praying for your team, um, you know, God, who do you want on this team? You know, what what are some of the goals that we need to accomplish? How can I best find the people that are uh, most suited for this particular team that
1: takes time planning the meetings which you do have to have some meetings you do uh, take back time. claudia and i did some videos on the very thing and if yes you, if you feel like your meetings are purposeless or they're they're off track or they're just not accomplishing much you need to find those videos because they're excellent there are three short videos talking about meetings so Hate to interrupt you, but no,
2: yeah. But you're right. You know, hosting those meetings and planning those is important and it takes time. It can't be just, oh, we'll all sit down together and talk about problems, because a lot of times that's what ends up happening and nothing gets accomplished. So also not just those kind of things, but checking with your team to see how they're doing. What's going on in your life? What are What's some progress that you're making right now? What are some needs that you have? You know, what, what questions do you have? Those all take time. And I some of my frustrations that I have felt over the years in working with a leader of a team was somebody would kind of come in and drop the bomb. This is what we're supposed to do. So let's get it done, you know? And then they disappear and you kind of feel like you're out there floating. Um, you're not sure is is this what they had in mind, or are these the people we need to check with on this? How do we get that going? That's just a terrible feeling to be envisioned with something and then there's no one around. You just feel like you're on on your own. The other thing about being a, a leader of a team that is is pretty ineffective is when you just show up when there's needs, or when there's problems, or when there's a crisis, you know, that that doesn't help people that really doesn't build community. And yeah. it, if you get the mentality that the team is the agenda, the team is really the agenda, because without them, nothing's going to be accomplished.
1: That's a great way to think about it.
2: Yeah. So that's just time. Uh, there's just no way around it. I had to put that in there. well
1: and and you're exactly right and and you know i i know many people who just tend to do it themselves because they do think that's faster and in some ways it is but you're not growing a community you're not allowing people to participate in god's work you're just doing it yourself you're not sharing that that privilege of serving Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And I think that's a, I think it's just, it's, if that's important to you that biblically, that's how we incorporate people's gifts. That's the body of Christ working together. We don't want to eliminate people and not allow them to be a part of our teams because that is part, we need to incorporate their giftings into teams. You know, and yeah. I, I just think that's important, really important. It is. Yeah. The E, I'll just go into that. The E part of team is effort. Not only is it going to take time, it's going to take effort, you know, and that, I think that begins with the effort that you put as that team leader into clearly defining what you're inviting these people to be a part of. I think we talked about this in another video that when you approach somebody about being a part of your team, I think one of the worst things you can say is. You know, there's not a lot involved. You just have to show up twice a month. Well, boring. Like, yeah. if if it doesn't matter, why are you asking me? Because I like to do things that matter. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And so, don't downplay the role that you're inviting them to. Actually, you should um, you should upplay the
1: um, role that you're inviting them to. You know. And again, oh, and that the effort, other thing, the yeah. other thing, you don't want to downplay it because you don't want them to be surprised when they actually have to do something. Sure. How, I can't tell you how many people have complained to me because something was pictured by the person recruiting them as simple and easy and didn't take much. And then when they got into it, it required a whole lot more effort than that. And they began to get bitter over the whole thing. And that's certainly not, community building in any way. And it doesn't give people a good sense of wanting to be part of any team after that.
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, I completely agree with you. So I think that you just don't want to do that disservice right off the bat. You know, you want to be clear, you want to clarify the role. And um, that too, I think we, requires on your part and whoever you're inviting to the team you know again prayer and and preparation i think a way to let people know what's involved and this requires some effort too is to literally have a job description i think that's important totally agree oh yeah and i think that also these people need to know like what's involved with this Who is this ministry or who is this team going to affect? Whose responsibility is it? What is my responsibility in it? Who has the authority over it or decision-making authority, you know, and, and how does this fit into the overall church vision? And Those are important things. And I think that's empowering too. When you give them a job description, that shows them, oh, she's thought about this role and what it involves. And then when you found that person to fill whatever role you're looking for, sit down with them and go through it. And if they have some edits or questions or additions, or they're like, I don't understand why that's part of this role. Can we talk about that? Then you can rewrite it according to, more according to their understanding of it. So I I think that's that's important when it comes to effort.
1: You know, I have some job descriptions that I wrote for some of the women's ministry areas that I will attach as a resource for this because and they're just these are just guidelines. I'm not suggesting you use them as they are but mm-hmm. just as you said you need to write it as to what would fit for your particular team position and uh it would just give you an idea of the kind of ways to write it the way the way to set it out and the kind of things to think about and so i've used those before with other people and they've really appreciated it so we will make those available online that's very
2: good that's a good resource the other aspect that i think of in team is uh, the a is for affirmation and I think affirmation is really important too. Again, you can look at Jesus. He affirmed his disciples, the, his team, and you can look at Paul's life. He affirmed his people, his ministry team. I think it's when you read through the New Testament, there's just lots of stories about how Paul uh, worked, who he worked with, how he trained them, how he affirmed them. And he was really bold and honest in that. He he wasn't afraid to tell them he loved them. You know, He wasn't afraid yeah. to to talk about their problems or their shortcomings or ways that they might be able to help themselves or get better, I should say, especially when you think about Timothy. Um, The other thing about affirmation is people usually, and just think about this for a minute, people usually feel something or want to feel something before they act on something. And so when you think about that, like, even as far as like, if you're giving to some organization, you want to feel something towards that organization. That's a reason why you give because you feel something usually. And it's the same way with working in a ministry or on a team or with the person they might start out by feeling like, oh, I really like you. I want to work with you, but there needs to be, you know, a feeling towards the ministry itself, what you're doing together. And I think it's important. when you talk about affirmation to just you know figure out how how does the team feel you know how are they feeling and and again to like paul know that you let them know that you care about them you care about what they're doing you care about how they are you and you love them don't withhold those things you know words are empowering words are life giving and whether that's through your emails or your text messages or cards or whatever it is, people, they might not admit it, but they need to be recognized and or celebrated for the things they're doing or for their great ideas or for how you've seen them care for others on the team. Those are, those are great things, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's really That's important. So,
2: yeah. So um, that affirmation just shows the team, hey, I'm committed to you. I'm I'm here for you. I love you. And I also believe that as you tell others on staff or wherever about the team and the great things you see in them and how they're acting as a body of believers who love and care for one another and are on task, uh, on point for a mission, again, that's, building a reputation for your team. You know, you want to brag on them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that because again, it eventually are, uh, will, it, it has an effect on the church, on the ministry, on the team, on other people that are looking at what you're doing and seeing that you're making a difference. And I'd like to be a part of something
1: that's making a difference, you know? Right. Yeah totally agree with that uh, affirmation is really important i read an article years ago about volunteers and they described it as paying you need to pay your volunteers and they weren't okay. talking about money mm-hmm. you're paying them with you know letting them know they're doing a good job yeah. or You're or paying them with and certainly sometimes that can include small little gifts for yes. people as well you know absolutely but, but definitely recognition, definitely affirmation. So right, that's great. Well, what about mentoring?
2: Yeah. I also think that's, again, you have an opportunity here in building a team to model good team building to the team. So whether it's more of a, a passive mentoring, if that's even possible um, that people are just going to pick up on, they see how you do something and then maybe they try that with their own group, you know, that's that's mentoring. But again, going back to how you treat other people, how you spend time with them, how you care about them, that's that's most important if if you remember, the team is the agenda. And if within your team you find those that are very reliable, they're really passionate about what they do, they take initiative, you know, they're committed to what's going on, you know that, they kind of rise up, you know those people, and I I think it's fair to pour more into them. They have more of an interest, and they will be more interested, I think, in learning, in spending more time with you, whether it's you know, you sit down over coffee every couple of weeks, twice a month, or whether it's a resource you want to give them, a book about some area of interest, a podcast, a website, something that would help, again, empower them, teach them, help them get better at what they're doing. So I think all those things are are crucial to leading a good team. and And where where there's community. I mean, this is a community that is existed or is made up of relationships, right? That's what we're talking about. It's communities made up of relationships. And this is where things are being built. This is where things are getting accomplished. And with your team also, instead of just always having it be about the team, you can ask them really good coaching questions, you know, like, what can we do better? What are your personal goals right now? Where do you see the team being in, in three months? How can I pray for you? Again, going back to your feelings, because sometimes those feelings lead to action. So how are you feeling right now about that new thing we just did? How how did that affect you? Did it go down well? Did you, did you have some problems with it? Because teams are, they're living, right? Organisms like a church. They're, they're more, they're always changing. There's always going to be a new thing that kind of comes in or a new person that changes the dynamic or, or the purpose, purpose of the team. And so I think by just having a mentality as a team leader that I am modeling what good team looks like, what good healthy community looks like that by having that attitude of mentoring, that you can really help people take their next steps in these in their personal lives on the team. Maybe that's your new team leader uh, when you find someone that does take initiative, that's more involved, you know. And I think that just adds to the whole community life of the group. So, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, I think it's
1: part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, uh, you're you're so right about. There will always be some that rise to the top, that want more responsibility, that are able to handle it, that have the time for it, who are more excited. Mm-hmm. And we need to be aware of them. As as I learned years ago, as a leader, part of your job is to replace yourself. Who, who could take my place? Who could or Who could do this part of my job? If, if I turn it over to them, who are the people that can rise up without me someday, because they've been trained so well to do this.
2: Right. I absolutely agree. It doesn't stop. In fact, you can just keep go- that circle going because mentoring, again, it takes time. You're not going to get to know your people if you're not spending any time with them.
0: You're absolutely. just going to see them
2: as people that are accomplishing a goal for you. And that's just the wrong way to in, to think about your teams.
1: It is because that's sort of a using people and than, than developing people rather mm. than building into people and loving people. So I think those are good, good things to remember. Well, thank you so much, Qualia. I think this will be real helpful to lots of people out there who lead in one way or the other. And certainly, these principles extend beyond the church to yes. anybody who's leading other groups and other situations as well. But the great thing about a church team is that we have a really great God and a really great goal, and uh, it it should be it should not be a chore to grow a team. It no. should be a joy to grow a community of people together to do something together. Absolutely. So so much. You're welcome. We are so glad you joined us for this episode of our podcast or this video. You can find these resources and many others on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. There you can find our contact information
0: if you have questions or we can help you in any way. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcast episodes and resources for women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast is produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministry. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Deborah Herring and Sharifa Stevens. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used courtesy of Christine Miller.